Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminals, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by us, your bartenders. Bye-bye. Alright. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Tabitha. And I'm Katie. And this week we're going to go back to a good old-fashioned historic serial killer. Whoop whoop. Yep. Carl <laughs> Danka. <laughs> Dank, literally dinky. having a i'm like is it dank dank dinky danky a little he was dank, pretty dank. dank he's pretty dank. <laughs> dank i'm sure his place smelled dank. Gosh. Uh, he dank. was a cannibal also known as the cannibal of munsterberg and what better to pair that little cannibalism with a bloody good drink so i'm gonna jump right into the cocktail this week guys this week's cocktail is called a blood teeny. You like that, don't you? Yes. <laughs> it's got a slight German twist, a slight Polish twist, that Jägermeister Meister. Uh, so let's see. You're going to take one ounce of vodka, one ounce of peach schnapps, one ounce of Jägermeister, two and a half ounces of cranberry juice. You're going to pop that in a cocktail shaker, add some ice. You're going to shake it. Shake, 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 shake. And then you're going to go ahead and strain it into a chilled martini glass and cheers. When I drink this drink, I kind of feel slightly like Dracula, even though he's a cannibalism. <laughs> he's a cannibal, not a vampire, but cheers, guys. We don't know what he was about. <laughs> he could have been drinking blood, too. Honestly. Oi. Oi. You know, I haven't had Jägermeister since, like, I was 19. <laughs> Jägermeister is like the Prunedale fine wine. Don't worry, guys. It's a really good drink. <laughs> Just kidding. It is actually the peach schnapps really covers it up. So I, I actually kind of saw like a version of this recipe online, and I was like, Jägermeister. I don't know about that, but I tried it. It's not that bad. The peach schnapps really covers it up because I don't like black licorice, and that's what I think of when I drink Jägermeister. Yeah. But I don't like so Jäger. Bad. Taylor loves Jaeger, so he would actually really like this. Um, but I'm like, nah. <laughs> me. What's wrong with him? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lots of things, but we don't have time for that. <laughs> just kidding, Taylor. Just Thank you kidding. for being a uh, If you want the full recipe for this, be sure to follow us on our Instagram at Crimes and Cocktails. Or you can sign up to be one of our drinking buddies on Patreon. Next week, we're actually going to be doing a AMA, which is a Ask Me Anything episode for our faithful patrons. So be sure to send in your questions to us through our email, crimes.cocktails at gmail.com. If you are a patron or sign up to be a patron, you can ask us anything, I think. <laughs> but yes, yeah, send us Pretty a Pretty much questions. anything. <laughs> Pretty much yeah. anything except... 
what taxes I didn't claim in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or where I was on November the 3rd, yeah. <laughs> 1999. Because I won't remember because I was a kid. <laughs> I was a kid. I won't remember. I was like, um, <laughs> I do remember New Year's 1999. Me because too. Because that was a Y2K scare. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember my mom put me to bed and she's like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, oh but I love so you. Sad. And I was like, my parents didn't. Fo- so I remember our church growing up, they were definitely giving out like these crazy like barrels of canned food like we were mm-hmm. just gonna be living in an apocalypse after we 2000. had it stocked at our house like water bottles galore my parents did not <laughs> like, <laughs> they were like oh yeah that's kind of something might happen but whatever they did not really prepare for the craziness that could have happened which i mean yeah. it's ridiculous to think that that would happen but I just remember we were having a New Year's party and I went with my dad to the Dollar Tree to get like some last minute supplies and we walked in there and it was literally like a shit show. Like there was everything was gone. Everything was on the, the last floor can of or, like gone literally and people were like fighting each other for like the oh last God. can of disgusting green beans or something like that. Vienna sausages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stuff that people never eat and people yeah. were like going crazy and my dad I'll never forget this. We walked in and the look on his face was like uh we're just gonna tell your mom they were out (laughs) they probably were (laughs) yeah he was like i am not doing this we're not doing it tonight nope yeah that's that's literally the only memory i have of that new year's but it's ingrained (laughs) with me i remember my mom going to costco beforehand and getting like the big flats of canned foods and stuff like that and then afterward i was just like well who looks like an idiot now with your 30 cans of corn freaking out about um traffic lights and they're like all the traffic lights will go out and people will die and i'm like okay when a traffic light does go out um we still know how to drive (laughs) it happens all the time i mean most of us still know how to drive i do live in california where i feel like no one really knows how to drive but yeah (laughs) y2k is an interesting y2k (laughs) anyways so yeah i just answered that question if you wanted to know where i was so that's where we were on new year's Eve. but ask us other questions um we'd love to hear from you anything could be serial killer related could be whatever i don't know my sign pisces i don't know (laughs) but go ahead and ask us questions uh we're here for it and if you don't ask us any questions then i'm just gonna drink and tell you things you probably don't want to know about me so i know we'll show up drunk and then just have a sharing party (laughs) so there's one time (laughs) with this guy in sixth grade y'all ain't ready for a real drunk episode (laughs) Dude, I think they saw that when we did the Yorkshire Ripper. Um, no, either part I, one I or cut two. out like 10 minutes of the episode, by the way. I did you guys a favor. The next I don't day, remember. So I had a mini like... hangover the next day. I had, so I was like not drinking for a while. And then we drank oh, that episode. Man. And I had, not, when I say mini, I am lying. It was a big hangover the next day. Like a headache that just would not go away. And then I started listening to her episode. And I was like, oh my God, this is contributing to my headache. <laughs> We drank so much wine. I it was gin, it was wine, it was was, everything that you should not mix together. Because we had to do our cocktail, and then I was like, "But I only really want to make one cocktail, so I'm gonna switch to wine." Like an idiot, like a dumbass. (laughs) Who do I think I am? I'm not fancy. I'm not bougie. I can't drink wine. Like I'm not young anymore. (laughs) Give me a Coors Light. (laughs) I'm mixing everything. I'm not young anymore. We're not thirties now. Jeez. 
Anyway, so yeah. Also, we want to thank you guys again for ratings and reviews on Apple. And if you are listening on Apple or Spotify, please click that follow button or that subscription button. We are trying to boost up. We are up to 55 listeners right now, and I think we can go all the way. Anyways, shall we dig in? <laughs> we can succeed. Yes, let's dig in. So Carl Danke was born February 11, 1860, or August 10th through 12, 1960. Um, his birth date's all over the place. Not a lot about like, his childhood was. Yeah, okay. So I'm all over the place. This guy so. born in the 1800s, and this yeah. is an old school serial killer story where there's really not any information about him, so... Yeah, it's all over the place, so, you know, some things might be kind of off, or you're like, hey, that doesn't sound right. Um, it probably isn't, but, you know, let's, we did our best. So, he was born in Lower Celsia, um, which is now part of Poland. Um, his family were German farmers, and Carl was uh, a quiet child. He didn't speak, actually, until the age of seven. Um, he had several other siblings, including at least an older brother, um, he was said to be difficult to raise and he ran away several times throughout his childhood, but he usually came back or like was forcibly brought back to the family. Gosh. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just a, a mute kid running away all the time. <laughs> uh, what is, I ran away one time as a kid and I'll never oh, forget I it all the time. Really? I only <laughs> ran away once and I had this little like Barbie suitcase and I remember I was so mad at my mom. I don't remember what I was mad about, but I was like, I'm running away. My mom's like, all right, bye. And I, I packed like a PB&J sandwich. And I like, that's <laughs> the only thing week. I had in there. And like my blanket, which was like, I used to call my night night because I'd get it before I went to bed. And my mom's like, night night. And so I was like, I want my night night. Yeah, I was probably 12 in this story. No, just kidding. I was like seven or eight. But, this was last year. Yeah. Uh, but I remember that was the only two things I had in that suitcase. And I like walked all the way to the street corner and I waited for what felt like hours. But in reality, it was probably five minutes. And I was like, wow, no one's coming after me. Like, what the heck? And then I just remember being like, I'm actually pretty hungry. And I like ate my sandwich. And I was like, I think I'm just going to go back home. <laughs> I just went back home. And my mom didn't I, say anything. <laughs> she didn't notice. I would always pack my bags and then like hide them in the back of my closet and then be like, when everybody's asleep, I'm running away. Oh and then I would fall asleep. And so, and then I remember one time my mom found like my packed bags because I forgot to unpack them or I left them out. I don't remember. She's like, what is this? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to run away. And she's like, where? Like, to the bus stop. <laughs> I don't know. I never knew where I was going, but all I know is that I, I have my backpack just with in case. like Monopoly money or something. <laughs> you guys take cash, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was or always you like trying to run <laughs> My mom did tell me like when I was like a toddler that I would always go and get her keys and like unlock the door and, and escape, even as a kid. So. You can't tie me down. Gosh. I, <laughs> I'm I out. I some stories as a toddler too, but it was never like running away. Actually, one time I locked my parents out of the apartment when I was two years old <laughs> so that I could eat all the Skittles they had on top of the fridge. And my parents vividly remember it and they tell me about it all the time because they said that my mom was like, she had went to like take laundry outside and came back and I locked the door and then climbed up the fridge and she was like freaking out because I was two years old on top of the fridge eating a bunch of Skittles. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I usually, a lot of my 
like problem child stories as a kid have to do with dessert. (laughs) (laughs) Things don't change. Speaking of eating, I read that his brother, Carl Denke's brother, used to call him the glutton because he ate so much meat. And at one point, he ate two pounds of meat. What a feast. I can't even think of what two pounds of meat is, actually. Like, I was thinking about it because, like, I measure my food a lot. Like, oh, four ounces, six ounces. I'm like, two fucking pounds of meat? That's so gross. That's like half a turkey, dude. Yeah. Like, what like, is he doing? Oh over yeah, there? so good. Schnitzel. And they're yeah, like, yeah. Man, Carl. Oh my gosh. Schnitzel. The favorite treat for little boys and girls. Do you? Was that hoodwinked? I was like, hoodwinked. Did you see what I mean? Yeah, I love that part. Mommy, mommy, but I want the schnitzel. On the, on the DL though, schnitzel is fire. It's so, it's so good. I wish I the schnitzel man would really want to go back it. to Germany. Oh my gosh. And just so I could eat all the meat. And that's, you know what? Honestly, like when I was in Germany, we did have meat all the time. You Germans are like down with the meat. Like I had met, which is like spreadable meat, which sounds gross. It's so good. <laughs> like, I literally just put put met on bread for breakfast every day, or like eat pretzels with like meat on the side. So meat, but two pounds of meat, like no matter where you are, that's, that's for one gross. person. That's a lot. Well, that's okay, like, wait, what's the McDonald's? The quarter pounder? Oh yeah, fuck yeah, two pounds of meat's a lot of meat. Yeah. I the think quarter pounder big, is supposed to be a, a big deal. Just, and it's a, just a quarter pounder. We got like, I mean, it's meats. a lot. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> but two pounds? Oh, my God. That guy's eating like four quarter pounders. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you can get like a clogged artery in the middle of it and just die. Um. Anyway, so at the age of 12, he finished elementary school, and then he began an apprenticeship apprenticeship with a local gardener in Musterburg, uh, which is now Zbice, which is Poland. So he did well in the apprenticeship. I cannot say that word right now. I'm it's okay. You're a little drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and deservedly so. Um, and he got along with the other apprentices, and uh, as he got older... He was pretty successful with gardening. Um, And then when he was 25, his dad died. And he was given some money from the estate while his older brother was actually given the farm and all of that. So Carl bought land to farm and was like, fuck you to the garden work. Um, But, you know, (laughs) he really sucked. So um, even though he'd been a gardener for 13 years, he was definitely not a farmer. Um, And... Yeah, he had to sell that land. He bought a house in town, and he worked a small rhubarb farm. I was reading a newspaper that was calling him the rhubarb rhubarb king, and it's the lamest thing to be king of, for one. Honestly, because he's a cannibal, I was thinking it has something to do with that, and I was like, that's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Rhubarb. I was thinking of, like, Um, Sweeney Todd shit, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know... I don't know, he's just, he's a strange guy, but, um, recession hit after World War One, and he had to sell the, his little house and land and whatever and get an apartment, so the apartment he moved into was actually on the first floor of the house that he had previously owned, 
um, which <laughs> that's gotta suck. <laughs> and, like I used to own this entire place, and I live the gas. The grass on the first really floor. is greener on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he had a small shed in the backyard, so um, you know that makes up good for life storage <laughs> space. Yeah. I guess I oh, wish no. I had a little shed in the backyard. Jeez. See that shed? I keep my rhubarb in there. <laughs> my rhubarb so over time carl grew to be well loved and revered in the community that he was living in many called him veter danka or as i like to say papa or a father danka uh he would daddy. play no daddy danky <laughs> gross <laughs> daddy. Da- not daddy <laughs> it's daddy not daddy yankee it's daddy danky <laughs> oh my god <laughs> So oh, I know gosh. you know this. I took a quiz like yes, back when MySpace was a thing, and they had like where you would upload your photo, and they'd be like, "What celebrity you looks most most like?" Mm-hmm. I got Daddy Yankee. Yeah, which not true, um, <laughs> but Must it be was my, hilarious. I don't know what. <laughs> my very, I don't know. I don't know what it was that MySpace thought I looked like Daddy Yankee, but. I got a little gangster on me. What can I say? Uh, so he would play the organ at church and carry the cross at funerals. Oh, so sweet. And he would always help out the poor. Whether it was offering a place to stay or a much needed meal, he was a swell guy. He didn't drink. He didn't go out with all the women. And he pretty much kept out of trouble. Carl also set up a meat shop where he said he sold goat's meat quote-unquote goat's meat, to be determined. Uh, He also sold leather goods, such as suspenders, belts, shoelaces, etc., etc., etc. He was licensed by the Butcher's Guild to sell pork in bigger city markets. His specialty was skinless pickled pork. Salted pork. In jars. I just really wanted to say that. Anytime someone says pork, I'm always like, salted pork. (laughs) The pork uh, is especially delicious. Yeah, so that's what he did. And <laughs> so gross, but so fitting for a cannibal. All right, so let's get to the real meat of the story, eh? <laughs> On December 21st, 1924, Carl Danke approached a 35-year-old homeless man named Vincennes Olivier and asked for his help to draft a letter. He offers to pay him, and Olivier begins to write the letter while Carl dictates. Carl says to write, Adolf, you fatty. <laughs> All of the VA starts laughing, like me, because we so image him, but also, yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, just when he starts laughing, Carl strikes him on the head with an axe. Uh, so in this moment, Olivier starts screaming, obviously, for help um, and runs out of the apartment. And a coachman passing by named Gabriel hears the cries. Um, He jumped down to help, and when he saw that Olivier was coming down the alleyway covered in blood, um, he reported it to the police, but because Carl had, you know, he was such an upstanding citizen, he was in the church all the time and all that. Yeah, yeah, daddy. Um, They they didn't didn't really believe him. And so the police went down to investigate and arrested Carl. Um, We're like, you know. You can't tag people with a with an axe. And uh, upon questioning, Carl said, "Like, okay, yeah, I did attack Olivier, but it was only because I'm protecting my property, and um, this guy was gonna rob me. 
So Carl's placed in a holding cell while the police try to figure out what happened. And I also um, noticed you just tried to divert the word burglary, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I did indeed. <laughs> Way to call me out, but <laughs> I'm, I'm watching the script right now, and it's all burglary, and she's like, "Oh, uh, rob me!" <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> burgled the burger which by the way uh, what was it what was the word rule that we were talking yes. about someone yes. got hella offended on her instagram about that i and know if you're listening right now you're an idiot but i was just <laughs> like what they were like saying what's wrong with the word rule and i'm like I'm all, just say you're a hick word. and we're move just, on but no like, he was like all offended and we're like nothing's wrong with he's like i live in a rural area and i'm like dude we both grew up in rural areas there's yeah. nothing wrong with that we're just saying the word is really hard to say sometimes and he still like was not okay with it i'm just like (laughs) i'm calling you out i'm sorry but people are so sensitive (laughs) i was just like are we really like gonna have an argument over this because (laughs) this is ridiculous publicly apologize for not liking the word by the way the word rule i never said i didn't like rural areas (laughs) (laughs) they're usually prettier Calm your tits down. I was just like, all right, dang. And if you have a problem with the word burglary, (laughs) whatever. I don't care. I don't care. I have a problem with it. So I'm just going to avoid saying it. I don't (laughs) care. Yes. But um, that's just because I can't speak. So uh, Carl's placed in a holding cell, cell while they're sorting things out. And he's unable to cope with being found out. So, uh... He hangs himself with his handkerchief. That's what I'd do. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. I'm actually, like, curious how big this handkerchief was. Right? It's like one of those ones that magicians use that just keep going. So He's at all, first, oh. I know. <laughs> it's all, like, He's rainbow. He's all pulling it out. Rainbow colored. The cop's watching him, and he's all switching it between hands. He's like hands. a mime, like, pulling it out, <laughs> tying it around in a knot. They're like, man, we didn't even put you in a prison cell. You're just, like, miming that you're in one. <laughs> It's like he hangs himself from an invisible, like, bowl. They're like, uh, Carl? I'd pay to see that shit. Um, No, at first I read in, like, two different articles that it was with his suspenders he hung himself, and that makes way more sense. But then I read uh, in the book, actually, um, what's the name of the book called? Uh, The True Story of Carl Dink by Nathan Hayes. They said that it wasn't. They said... Uh, contradictory to popular belief, it was not suspenders, it was his handkerchief. So, I don't know what he did. Maybe he tied the handkerchief to his shirt or something. Or it's just a big handkerchief. I, I mean, this guy really was eating two pounds of meat. Now. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> he was the glutton and the handkerchief suspended him in air somehow, so whatever. <laughs> it's a strong-ass handkerchief. <laughs> also, I do... They don't s- make things like they used they to. They <laughs> don't make things like they used to, like Ford and GMC and anyways. Mm-hmm. A side note, Oliver, the guy who like got hit in the head with an axe and came and was like, this guy tried to murder me. This guy got tossed in jail... Because he was homeless, and that was a crime back then. They called it a crime of vagrancy. Yeah, vagrant. And he was held for 10 days, even though he's the guy who essentially brought the police to even know about this crazy Uh, dude. You should have thought about that before you became peasants. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Seriously. Like, oh my god. Some of so you may die. <laughs> so but that's the price I'm willing to pay. <laughs> Uh, uh, after Carl hung himself, the police realized that there had to be something more to the crime against Vincent. They're like, hmm, why would this seemingly nice old man hang himself with a handkerchief, a rainbow handkerchief, just after being accused before trial could happen? I don't understand. So on Christmas Eve of 1924, the police got a warrant to search Carl's house, led by a man named Friedrich Petrusky. I hope that's how you say that. Uh, police entered Carl's residence and immediately found evidence of Carl's guilt because this guy had... Okay, we we talked about how Jeffrey Dahmer had body parts everywhere. This guy was like next fucking level. Pieces of meat, human meat, mind you, were in a large wooden drum soaking in a salt solution. About that's 50- his pickled stuff. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't pickled pig, if you were wondering. Uh, After 15 pieces in all, with the skin on and the hair, including part of a torso, a piece of a stomach with the belly button still visible, and what they called a very clean anus with uh, large parts of both buttocks. (laughs) I want to point out that... They point out in this report specifically that it was a very clean anus. And I want to know what they were measuring that against. And I'm like, this is 1924. (laughs) I don't know. What are you measuring this against? I mean, 1924 was was toilet paper around? I don't even know. (laughs) What what did they use? What did they use in 1924? I actually don't know that. Me either. I think that's the first time I've ever thought about (laughs) that. Contemplated that. Yeah, what, what did they use in 1924? I'm sure it was I'm toilet paper. I'm just going to guess, though, like, <laughs> living in the cold-ass streets of Munsterberg, um, they weren't particularly cleaning their buttholes every day. So, I don't know. This guy had an impeccably clean anus, apparently. Uh, which I would hope so if he's getting ready to eat it, so, you know. Uh, The gruesome findings did not stop there. The more police searched the house, the more they were able to find. All the flesh they found looked like it had been sitting for a few days and had been taken off the bodies. Sorry to interrupt you real quick. Toilet paper was invented in the late 1800s and was widely used in starting in the 1920s. So toilet paper was very new at this time. So they did not have, they probably had some stuff hanging around there and they did not have the cleanest a-holes around that time. <laughs> yes, so they were very impressed It was by this a new <laughs> revolutionary item, this toilet paper, which yes. if you guys have been around the last year, some people kind of acted that way a couple months ago, right? So, <laughs> yes. Anyway, what if we on. run out of toilet paper? <laughs> Our buttholes won't be clean. Um, Get a bidet and call it a day. <laughs> just live in the shower, y'all. Like, yeah. just, you, you could be like Kramer and cook in the shower, drink in the shower, and just live in the shower, and you'll always have a clean butthole. Anyways, back to my story. So, they found all this meat, human flesh, I should say human meat, human flesh. It had been taken off the bodies after the victims had already been killed. So scientifically, they were able to find out that these guys weren't like hacked to pieces while they were alive. They were killed and then they were harvested for their stuff. Makes sense to me. <laughs> their stuff. 
their stuff. I don't know, their buttholes so, and stuff. Yeah, yes, they were killed for their buttholes. Um, Ooh, so you the try next... that jerky? It's <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so gross. Uh, oh, my God. Well, the next part comes directly from Petrowski's report. He said, in three medium-sized pots filled with cream sauce... I like picture Alfredo or something. Um, some do not cooked- ruin Alfredo for me. <laughs> Don't you dare do that. <laughs> Sorry. Don't you put that oh. juju on me, <laughs> Ricky Bobby. Don't you do that. So, and um, three medium-sized pots filled with cream sauce that was not Alfredo. Some cooked meat, partially covered with skin and human hair, was found. The meat was pink and very soft. All pieces seemed cut off from the. Uh, gluteal area. This which guy loved the ass. butt. He yeah. loved it. Ass, he literally ass, ate ass, those booties ass, like ass, groceries. Ass, ass, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So um, one pot had only a half a portion left in it. So oh, Carl so must... like my ass. <laughs> Just half, half a portion. <laughs> I'm working on my so... pancakes. Okay, guys, give me a break. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it looked like Carl must have eaten. The other, the other portion shortly before being <laughs> arrested. Dear God. Oh. Um, Petrowski also noted that while there wasn't proof that Carl fed on the human flesh, um, or that he, I mean, not that he fed, that he hadn't fed it to his guests or sold it to customers, the fact that so many bones were found and missing meat throughout the house, it was most likely that Carl was, you know, not only just consuming it himself, but selling it and feeding it to people who came to visit or stay with him. So uh, more evidence was found in the shed and backyard, a burial, a barrel with bones from at least three separate people um, was found in the, in the shed and police dug up more in the forest behind the residence, which included 16 femurs, 15 long bones, 12 elbow bones, 16, I don't know how to pronounce this, radii bones, which is part of your arm, um, shoulder blades, collarbones, eight heels and ankle bones, 120 toes, 65 feet, uh, 155 ribs, bits of spine, 351 teeth, and a male pelvis. Um, some of them showed signs of saw marks, so where he, he hacked them up. Um, because of how incomplete the body parts were found, there's not a known number of people murdered by Carl, but there's at least 31 but most likely more. Victims range from the age of 16 all the way up into their 60s or 70s. Most of the victims were in the older range, um, probably because he thought people wouldn't miss them as much. The well-seasoned meat, as I like (laughs) to call it. He liked the tough old butts. So um, (laughs) now for some, like, Ed Gein shit. Carl had a collection of human skin suspenders, some with the nipples on them still, and some were patched together from skin. So in that season. Around the pubic area, I know. <laughs> if you don't have uh, nipples from somebody else on your suspenders, don't even <laughs> bother showing up to the event. <laughs> so um, Carl was actually found wearing a pair of the suspenders at the time of his death, um, which is probably why the rumor started that he hung himself by the suspenders. I don't know. Um, he also had leather straps and buckles cut from human skin, and the laces were made from human hair. Among his personal items, uh, 
He had papers belonging to the victims, ID cards, and then he had a journal where he wrote down the names and dates of some of the victims and their weights. So he would weigh them after he killed them, and then he would weigh them again when he took their clothes off, and then again once they were disemboweled to see the difference. How so, scientific of him. Yes. <laughs> he was just a scientist, guys. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. Uh, yeah. So what we do know looking back and going from his journal and kind of you know missing person police reports and such, uh, it is assumed that on February 21st, 1903, young German Ida Lawner uh, was his first victim. So she went missing. He was never suspected of this before, but we think now, looking at all the evidence, that that was one of his early or first victims. I read um, for her that she was poor and worked at the slaughterhouse. She fits the bill. Let's just say that. Uh, in 1906, that's when Carl decides he is over the church life and he puts down those organ playing fingers. So I think this is like probably when he started to excel in his afternoon delights. I have no more time for the Lord. No more time for the Lord. He only give me chips. Uh, he wanted to play a different type of bones. Gosh. <laughs> He murdered 25-year-old. That was a terrible joke. <laughs> I'm full of them. <laughs> Ask me for some more on their coming AMA. I'll tell you some. <laughs> they are coming. Uh, he murdered 25-year-old Emma Sander on December 21st, 1909. The really sad part about this, so this is actually one of his confirmed murders. Uh, we know this from his journals, is that there was a butcher by the name of Edward Trotman. Trotman? Uh, he was found guilty of this crime because he had previously tried to solicit her and people were like, oh, I saw him hanging around her a few times. So he was charged and found guilty and sentenced to this, uh, which is really sad when someone, I mean, we know it happens, but it, it's always still sad. According to the ledger found in Carl's apartment, the other victims' names that we do know are, and while it's interesting that he would weigh them, it's also interesting that he would always write down their profession or trade too to me. Like I said, a lot of these people were people that you wouldn't like society wouldn't notice go going missing, which is really sad to say that. Um, obviously, homeless people are targeted a lot of the time in these crimes because police just they don't notice that these guys go missing and so nothing's less ever people filed for about them, them. Less people for them to put in jail. Yeah, sad. So I'll go ahead and list some of these off. So um, like I said, he has all their trades, trades here mentioned too. So Carpenter Heinrich Bruckman, and I'm going to totally butcher a lot of these names. Uh, Railroader Nibel. Uh, laborers Kasper Hubelek and Franz Nice, Taylor's Johan, probably Johan actually, Klaus, and Ewald Koenig, and Johan Groger. There was a butcher named Robert Lorenz, farmers Carl Siedel and Emil Exner, weaver Josef Nierlich, confectioner Adolf Saslik, gardener Herman Kunstling. <laughs> Butchering this, I'm so sorry. I have German heritage too. This is terrible. And workers, Paul Lux, Lux, Oscar Heinzel, 
and Wilhelm Rothman, bakers Julius Busch and Friedrich Lazina, painter Karl Becker, locksmith Hermann Müller, and blacksmith Max Hindenrick. I'm so sorry if you're German and you're listening to this. Uh, I know I'm terrible <laughs> at this. My last name is Koch, and I don't know how to say anything in German. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <It's> yeah. <okay. laughs> so uh, after police were finishing up the investigation, some people came forward to report that two others had also escaped Carl. Um, but for some reason, neither one of these were reported. So one was an apprentice of Carl who ran out of the house covered in blood. Um nobody they saw neighbors saw him but then nobody reported it and then he disappeared shortly afterwards um most likely carl was able to catch him and kill him at a later date or that night who you know who knows um another was a different man who carl had also asked to write a letter for him so apparently he liked this um (laughs) this mode this way to get people to come into his house so um, Carl put a chain around his neck, um, but the man was able to overpower him, and then he escaped. He told neighbors what happened, but they didn't believe him, um, and it was never reported. So, although Carl seemed to be well liked after the news, um, you know, well liked before all this came out, after the news hit, neighbors were like, "Oh, he's always been suspicious," and. They told newspapers that he was always outside cooking something mysterious and cauldrons. And People are so like that. They were like that, that with Dahmer too. Like yeah, that oh, I knew all like, along. Oh, I tried to set him up with my daughter on a date. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, I knew something fishy was going on in there. And I'm like, then why didn't you say something? Yeah. <laughs> no, what? you didn't know. Although I You're mean, just saying that now. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I've seen some weird shit go down in my neighbor's place, and I'm like. Mm. I'm gonna call everybody. <laughs> I'm like the worst neighbor. I, I actually have called the cops on a few neighbors <laughs> before, but it was like extremely evident that there was like a cop yeah. needed to come by. Like it wasn't. Yeah. I don't know. There's always like at my complex like women like screaming and shit, and so I'm always like, mm, I'll call the cops so that yeah. nothing happens. Like, that one time we were recording, that woman just started screaming halfway through, and yeah. I was like. Oh, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, let me just go check on her, make sure she's cool. Yeah. So as you might expect, uh, pork sales went down for a bit after this. Um, yeah, so normally pork is a big tradition for Christmas dinner, but that did not happen that year. People were really scared to eat meat for a while, as they should be, in, especially in several shops. And like we said, cops were trying to like trace down like any meat that he had sold, but... It's not like it is today where things have serial numbers and you can pull stuff off a shelf or do a recall. He was selling like pickled pork out of jars at the farmer's market. Like, there's... Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good chance a lot of people ate human meat. Yep. Which coincidentally, several cases of stomach disorder broke out that winter. So yeah, they probably all got disgusting food poisoning from cannibalism. Uh, in the 1930s, I found a New York article saying that Carl's story and some of his belongings and some of the findings from his case, like the suspenders and case files, were on display at a museum in Berlin. So they were their little rise to fame for that little town for a bit. Actually, you can still find things like that. I think like the apartment he lived in is marked and they they will talk about that like it's pretty common knowledge now. He did fade out for a while. 
during World War II. I mean, they had, you know, bigger stuff to deal with. Uh, but then after World War II... Like that fatty Adolf. <laughs> yeah, that fatty Adolf came back. Uh, but after World War II, in the late 1940s, there was new Polish owners of the property. And they were doing some digging, and they took down the shed in the backyard. And they ended up uncovering several skulls and human bones. And it kind of brought back to light what this cannibalist carnal dank had did so yeah he became popular again yep um so our sources for this episode are cannibal the true story of carl Danke by nathan hayes the true crime database murderpedia in your pocket.com los angeles evening post uh Danke.org. he has his own website wow yeah um daily news which is in new york and foodfirstblog.blogspot.com yeah. <laughs> so food I, first <laughs> i know i stumbled across like an article and then i was like oh okay and i was like looking at it and it was on like some food blogs but i'm like that's weird yeah know <laughs> so, your audience i guess i don't know. i don't know hey you guys like food and salted pork check out this guy salted pork. what the fuck uh yeah so this guy was a trip um maybe don't this... buy salted pork from farmer's market i don't know yeah there or was like farmer's market i don't know <laughs> but if you buy angry don't buy me. come after me i don't know and they tell you it's goat it's probably not like i don't know yeah okay um, first of all I just realized he's selling salted pork, but he's supposedly selling goat's meat. I don't know. I think he was supposed to be selling both, both. and he just But he lives in an apartment, so, like, where are the goats? Yeah. Huh? Where are the goats? Yep. Where are the pigs? Where is it coming from? Yep. Well, it's coming from... You know what, though? The, vac- the gypsies. He did what he had to do in a recession to get by because his government <laughs> was not taking care of him. So, you know, do what you gotta do, man. We're speaking from personal experience. What? Oh, don't come to my apartment. (laughs) Don't look at my pots on my stove. (laughs) But um, I think a lot of people were freaked out around this time, too, because this happened not long after the, oh gosh, what was his name? Herman? Herman? Um, The guy who was the vampire in Germany? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So... Yeah, which we'll do at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, when you first actually, so Katie picked yeah. this one out, and when you first said it, that's who I was thinking of was mm-hmm. a vampire, and even though I knew it wasn't a vampire that we're talking about, we're talking about a cannibal, I kept thinking vampire the whole time, and I'm yeah. just like, no, it's not a vampire, it's a cannibal. I got some, around this time, they had some weird people going on. Got some crazy <laughs> shit going on, yeah. and... Well, there was a lot of crazy shit going on. Around this. It was well, World yeah, War II, <laughs> I mean, World it War was on in between World War One and World War Two. There was a lot of stuff going on, but um, yeah, war, crazy. poverty, and stress—it don't yeah. mix. Hunger. So yeah, this is a short episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely one of the shortest ones we've done in a while. But like I said, there was not a whole lot of information on him. And I mean, police didn't even realize people were missing until this guy, Oliver, came in with this giant axe wound in his head and was like, this guy's trying to eat me. <laughs> and they arrested him. It's so awful. It's terrible. so awful. Oh, gosh. And this guy is just living in the community, picking people off and... In his basement apartment with a shit. Don't chef. trust anyone that tries to go by Papa. <laughs> yeah. If they call themselves Daddy Danky, you don't 
you don't go inside their house. I don't like that. Daddy <laughs> it's so gross. But that's that, guys. So, yeah. Uh, if you're a patron, please message us, email us your questions. It doesn't have to just be one. It could be multiple. Um, mm-hmm. For our next episode, our AMA, our single shot episode, I should mention, it's only for patrons. Sorry, guys. Yeah. If you are listening on Apple, leave us a review or a rating. If you're listening on anything else, be sure to subscribe. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Enjoy your blood teeny. And go get yourself some two pounds of meat for dinner. I'm craving a burger, personally, so... <laughs> I know. We Taylor and I are having steak tonight. <laughs> We're having steak tonight and I'm all that's on good. Oh my god. <laughs> I of course you are. <laughs> I'll take mine. Ew. Just kidding. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Bye.